Hi, this is Tim Akasey from Atlanta, Georgia. It's March 12th of 23, and you should see the pollen in Atlanta, like your car is lime green in the morning. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about timeline therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy. How do people develop specific fears and phobias and triggers? And then it's an essential part of helping people who stutter. I want to share a quick story. I was helping a 40-year-old attorney who went to an Ivy League, very intelligent man, who hardly ever stuttered socially or around the office. He had very specific triggers. If he had to introduce himself in court, say his own name, or introduce a client, depending upon what the client's name was, so he had fears of names, he would block. When the judge asked to approach the bench, he would go up, get anxiety, and block. When he had to do a deposition with opposing counsel, you show up, you depose somebody. He had worries that the opposing law firm would judge his capability and that his own client might find out how much he blocked and stuttered and all of a sudden be concerned. So this is very applicable because we're talking about fear, post-traumatic stress. How is it that I have a phobia in these specific moments 100% of the time, but I can list 50 moments I don't really think about stuttering and don't? And then how does timeline therapy help people? Well, let's go back to the foundation very quickly of what is a traumatic memory. Traumatic memories are formed after an experience that causes high levels of emotional arousal and the activation of stress hormones. These memories become consolidated, stable, and enduring long-term memories, LTMs. This is important because I will meet a, say, 50-year-old adult, and he's reflecting back on childhood to elementary school, and he can feel the stutter Remember the area from your throat to your stomach is called your soma? In Wikipedia, I just did a quick search of traumatic memory, and I encourage you to do the same search. They talk about consolidation, which I just covered. Then there's re reconsolidation. That's a big word. Memory reconsolidation is a process of retrieving and altering a pre-existing long-term memory. So... Reconsolidation can be used to strengthen an existing memory. It's done by reactivating the memory. Okay, so think about this attorney. How does he know to be afraid to introduce himself? Because as he's about to stand up, his unconscious mind goes back to memories that are similar. And all of these memories repopulate. And then you have anxiety. He doesn't have to forget to be afraid. I remember drive through windows. I would pull up to a drive through window and I would have incredible anxiety. So sometimes I would walk inside to order. If I had someone in the car, it became very awkward because I'm would announce, yeah, we have to go inside. Uh, everyone's like, why go inside? Let's just order. We're in a hurry. But as I pulled up, I was wondering what they would think 
when I stuttered and how the employee would activate, uh, activate, how the employee would react to my stuttering. So I didn't have to remember to be afraid. These memories populate and activate. The amygdala is a very important part of the brain. The amygdala stores these, um, these memories and there's, um, So that's just a really important to understand that memories that are painful, embarrassing, are stored to your hard drive. Now, the, C, the CDC, they're, they're studying adverse childhood experiences, ACEs, that adults in their 50s and 60s can vividly remember these old experiences. We develop anxiety and fear, and we do what's called dissociate. So when the attorney is standing to introduce himself in court, he dissociates. His physical body is in the courtroom, but his mind is where? His mind, first of all, it goes backwards to similar experiences, saying his name, probably back to childhood. It goes forward. What will be the outcome of my stuttering? What will people in the courtroom think of my stuttering? And then in the moment, He's overwhelmed with the anxiety and fear in his body. That's what's that's dis- dissociation. There's an, an article on my website comparing post-traumatic stress disorder to stuttering that I, I encourage you to read. It's very good. So what's timeline therapy? Timeline therapy, I'm certified in it. It comes out of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Some people who don't understand what NLP is like to immediately diss it. Um, it helped me personally to break through my issues um, in my 20s. So, and remember that's the solution focused brief therapy foundation was NLP. So, anyone here that embraces solution focused brief therapy should embrace NLP. So, I've got a couple books here. Timeline Therapy by Tad James and Wyatt Woodsmall, and Adventures with Timelines by Bodenhammer and L. Michael Hall. So those are two books that you can read that teach you how to do timeline therapy. A caveat here, and this is mentioned in the Wikipedia article, is you should only be doing this if you know how to do it. Because remember, reconsolidation, gosh, that's a big word. You're literally taking someone back to the moment of trauma. And you have to be very responsible. You can basically give the, the moment of fear more energy. So let me give you an example. Let's pretend... Uh, a child goes to summer camp for two weeks, and during those two weeks, she's bullied by children about her stuttering. And she's just traumatized because she went to have a great time at summer camp, and what happened? Her stuttering was a thing, and she was harassed and bullied. And this child comes home overwhelmed in tears. And this is this story happens, folks. It could be a summer camp. It could be a soccer clinic. It could be a lot of different things. So timeline therapy allows me to be able to go back and look at this experience 
and safely reframe and reorganize the cognitions that came out of this two weeks of harassment. Um, if you don't understand what you're doing, you can take the child back into the memories and give them more energy, make it worse, refresh them, reconsolidate, as they say in Wikipedia. And that is mentioned in the article that the ethical considerations of people not knowing how to do it shouldn't be doing it. I also want to make note that sometimes an SLP should refer to a psychologist or psychiatrist, depending upon the needs of the child. If you're ill-equipped to do this work, definitely make the referral. If medications are needed, obviously, that's a psychiatrist. So what's cool about timeline therapy, let's go back to our attorney. I can go with him, take him back to childhood and find where the name, the fear of his name came from that's affecting him now in the courtroom. The fear of specific words and sounds, where'd it come from? And remember, we attach meaning, embarrassment, uh, stigma to our stuttering. And so I stand up to introduce myself and I'm overwhelmed with fear. And then I block or I avoid, and then it's all refreshed. It gets more energy, more power, and my phobia goes on. So timeline therapy is an extremely powerful tool. You have to know how to do it. I gave you a couple book titles there. And um, it's really, if you're just working on behavioral speech, like slow speech, stretch syllables, the person who you're trying to help, you're only putting a Band-Aid on a gaping wound because the anxiety is not being treated. Um, the person, like my client, when he stands up in the courtroom, let's pretend his first name is Kevin, and I say, well, just go Kevin, using a light contact, Kevin. Well, when your body's overwhelmed with anxiety, you can't execute that fine motor skill. I can tell you in my experience, I graduated from grad school with a master's degree. I knew everything about speech science, breathing, the brain, and I still had a number of places, times, words where I was overwhelmed and I would block. So CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, is essential for people who stutter. Why is it when... And, you know, everything you read says after age seven, it's hard to resolve. After age seven, after age seven. What's so important about age seven? Well, teasing and bullying starts, you know, age five, six, like kindergarten, first grade. You're coming out of Piaget's pre-operational stage. And so you remember being teased and bullied. You personalize it. You com compare self to other. That is why it becomes more difficult to treat because it's stigmatized. If I'm three years old and I stutter, it I might not even know I'm doing it. My eyes are blinking and whatnot, but it's the cognitive stuff that starts forming. And we, 
we in the profession have to know how to treat anxiety and fear, and people who stutter want that relief desperately. So do please go back into my podcasts. I talk about eye contact aversion. I talk about how people develop specific fears of sounds and words. I talk about anxiety. There's interviews multiple with adults in their 40s and 50s. We talk about how we did timeline therapy together, and now they're speaking in front of large audiences with comfort. Thank you for listening, and have a fantastic spring.